Hey, what's happening everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I am your host, Lucky, and today we're actually going to be doing something a little bit different. Uh, we may or may not get to a subreddit. I've set up sub, uh, the addiction subreddit just because I know we've done it already this week, uh, but I figured it goes pretty well with the topic that we're going to be talking about today, which is interventions. Uh, before we get into that, if any of you guys are new here, first off, welcome. This is... Uh, a little bit different from what I usually do, but usually I go to different uh, mental health subreddits and uh, that have anything to do with mental health and give some generalized advice and try and learn something new. But I am by no means a professional, so feel free to take my advice with a grain of salt or apply it to your life however you see fit. So I've been watching uh, on YouTube a bunch of that show. I, I think it's literally called Intervention. I should probably look that up real quick. Um but anyway, it's uh, yeah, it's called Intervention. It's on A&E, but A&E has the YouTube channel where they show uh, some clips from the newer episodes and then also the uh, some of the um, uh, the older episodes. They have like the full uh, clips on. I, I, I have been. Uh, OK, this is going to sound wrong. I have been addicted to it. it that's, that's such a terrible way to put it because um, it's the show talking about interve intervening with people's addictions. But, um, you know, I've, I've been interested in addiction uh, in, in, well, I've been interested in addiction for a while, but uh, dealing with my own addictions, but I've been interested in interventions for a while because I've been debating on um, whether or not to intervene with a friend of mine uh, and, and, you know, some of the, I can just, and it, it's hard, it's hard. And I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, I don't, um, I don't envy any of these people who have to go through this process of deciding whether or not to intervene. Because, and But I think the, the the reasoning why I want this intervention to happen, and it's kind of a selfish reason, is I don't want to see my friend, um, you know, I don't want to see him something terrible happen to him and think, I've been, you know, I've been wanting to do this for a while, um, and I never did, and now it's too late, right? Um it's not a great thought to have, and it's something that I've been kind of juggling. I, I, I don't really know, and I still don't know whether or not I want to, because, you know, I, I don't live in, in uh, you know, I, I, he, he's a friend from where I grew up at, uh, so I'm in a completely different state. So it's hard for me to tell how he's been, whereas before, you know, it, it was a lot easier. I can kind of keep my, my, my finger on the pulse of everything. And a lot of my friend, a lot of our, our mutual friends, you know, he doesn't really hang out with anymore. So anyway, I, I won't get too much into that. But uh, anyway, I wanted to do, uh, I, I found this article on skywoodrecovery.com. It seems like a type of uh, recovery clinic or something like that. So they have uh, five tips here for a successful intervention. I will have a link in the description box if you guys want to check that out. If you guys want to read it along with me, go ahead. Um, but I thought, Maybe I would go over it and see. I mean, listen, I don't know if I'm going to disagree with any of this stuff. I don't know if I would have the right to disagree with any of this stuff since I've never been a part of an intervention. Um, I guess I was a part of my own intervention, which was me intervening with myself. But that doesn't that, that's not always the, the best um, uh, solution to things. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get, you know, get this in the way. And maybe if any of you guys that are in a similar spot, maybe this is something that you guys can use. Uh, these tools you can use to uh, set up your own intervention. Uh, you know, not all of us are fortunate or not all of us want, you know, cameras to be involved like in A&E and not all of us have the financial resources to stage an actual intervention um, 
you know, going, you know, putting somebody into a, uh, a rehab center, you know, those aren't, those aren't exactly cheap. I would imagine. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sh- too sure, but um, you know, when I went to the psych ward, it was not cheap. So I would imagine one of those is probably not cheap. So anyway, uh, should I read the forward? Uh, right, let, let's just go into the tips. How about that? So tip number one, don't wing it. A successful intervention is never spontaneous. Plan ahead and prepare for the event by choosing a location, choosing a date and time, choosing the invites, uh, excuse me, choosing the invitees and selecting a helpful licensed interventionalist or interventionist. If possible, it is a good idea to gather everyone together before the intervention to do a practice run. So, and I, I think that this is pretty, this is a good thing. And the reason, um, you know, I, I don't know if you're always going to have a licensed interventionist, um, but it's good to have, I would, I would maybe supplement that. Like if you can't get somebody who is an interventionist, get somebody who is a third party, um, somebody who is not completely involved in this because that person is going to uh, probably push back on a lot of the people who are in their lives. Right. You see, I mean, I, I like I said, I was watching a bunch of these interventions and, uh, the clips in particular, and the one thing that it seemed like they they did was they would push back against all their family because they felt like they were being betrayed. They felt like all this, but the person there, uh, the interventionist, was the one that would typically be the middleman. And you're, it's hard to be the middleman or the not the middleman. Uh, what would you say, like um, mediator? It's hard to be a mediator when you're too emotionally involved with the person. So that's a big problem. Um, but I would just say, if you can't do that, then try and get somebody that, uh, from a third party that, you know, that can help you. I don't know exactly what that would be. Um, but yeah, it, it would be, it would be nice if we could all get an interventionist, uh, with our, uh, in, in, in that, but, uh, I don't think that's always in the cards for everybody. So anyway, let's keep going. Remember to have two or three treatment options readily available for the intervention. Call ahead and speak with any potential treatment programs to ensure that they have space for your loved one. That is that is probably going to be the key because it's almost like a okay. I I, I got to be careful with how I word this. So I was listening to uh, this police officer talk the other day, and one of the things that he had mentioned is um, if you if you you know if you threaten somebody that you're interrogating. Once again, I, I'm just using this as metaphorical. You know, it's not this is not what we're trying to do for, for people that we're intervening with. But one of the things that he mentioned was if you're if you're going to threaten somebody that you're interrogating, like a criminal, right? Um, you have to make sure that you can deliver on the threat. So same thing with this, except obviously we're not trying to threaten people. It, uh, when you're doing an intervention and you say you need help and you don't have any help available for that person, uh, it, <laughs> that can become very confusing. So, and this is probably, I think this is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm still struggling to get this going for my friend, just because uh, I don't really know uh, how, to, how to go about this, right? Uh, in this case. So this is really good. I, I like the fact that um, I, I like the fact that there is this stipulation here, um, you know, because the idea of just spontaneously intervening with somebody that pro- that sponta- spontaneity would most likely be driven by strong emotions. And those strong emotions might get in the way of your message. So, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, if you're going to offer help to somebody, make sure the help is there. 
Uh, additionally, consider planning transportation to drug rehab and escort for your loved one and even a packed bag of personal items so that your loved one can immediately head to drug addiction treatment at the end of the intervention. You want to be prepared to send your loved one to treatment as soon as the intervention is over. It says time is of the essence, and if you wait too long to begin treatment, your loved one may have, ch may have a change of heart or let fear or temptation take over. That's actually a really good point because – you know, if you give somebody too much time to think to think about their decision, and listen, I think in in life there's there's plenty of times where you should take all the time that you need to 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 get into uh, certain things, right? You, you know, there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of decisions in your life where you you should take a lot of time to uh, consider the the consequences, consider all this stuff. But that in particular is not one of them. That is that is a time of a time is of the essence in terms of the the physical threat of the addiction, the uh, psychological threat. You know, you you do, you know, coming from uh, an addict's point of view, it does take a while to get your brain used to not being an addict, and then even then, it takes a while for you to get into. Uh, the rhythm of not being an addict and you know you want to do this as soon as possible so that you can live your life so um, definitely really really good uh, positive tips right there tip number two stay positive substance addiction de devastates not only the health safety and sanity of the person struggling with the disease but each and every person they come into contact with as well though it's difficult it's important that you stay positive as uh, you stay as positive as possible Especially when it's your turn to confront your loved one during the intervention. Make sure to be non-judgmental, non-blaming, and relay the facts of your experience plainly while letting them know that you love them and want good things for them through treatment. Many people find great comfort by meeting with an experienced mental health counselor or therapist before an intervention. Support groups for family members are also very helpful. Remember, you cannot fully help your loved one if you are not in the healthiest, strongest frame of mind possible. So this goes back to kind of what I was talking about before of why the spontaneity thing doesn't really work all that much. Um, Okay, uh, actually, let me rephrase that. This is the reason why I think the spontaneity approach doesn't seem a as good of an approach as planning things out. Because if you are too spontaneous, those, spontane those, those spontaneous uh, emotions are also going to come with it. And listen, I mean, let's just be honest, right? If you have an addict in your circle of friends, circle of whatever, right? Most likely, most likely you're going to have some negative emotions towards them, even though you love them, right? Lo with love comes hate as well. And, you know, if you're dealing with somebody who is an addict, it, it, there are definitely going to be some, excuse me, there are going to definitely be some of those, those moments of, uh, I, you, you know, you embarrass me at this, 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 and that. No, you want to be as non-judgmental non as possible because you don't want them to break, before they, you know, before they even go to treatment, right? This is the really big uh, decision to make, and you don't want to make it even harder for them to decide. Even though you may be frustrated, that the the intervention is not about you. That's why they talk about going to go see help, right? Deal with your own stuff before you go into an intervention, because then you can get into the frame of mind of I need to, um, you know, I I need to. Uh, uh, or you know, if you're if you're going into a therapist, right? You you can probably you can tell them like I, I just feel like they betrayed me. I feel like this. Then you can work some of that stuff out instead of bringing it up into an intervention. It's a lot like bringing stuff up in everyday life. That's why therapy is so good. Is the idea that um, or it, it's it's the idea that you unpack all of this stuff before you go into an environment where this stuff can go public. You know, whereas with a therapist, you can talk about all of that embarrassing stuff. 
get it going. And, you know, you have the, the idea or you have the, um, the, uh, the promise of confidentiality, right? I mean, unless of course it's, uh, it's criminal behavior, but either way, um, you know, you, you have that promise right there. And so you can unload and unload uh, all of your problems before you get to see the person who is real, who really needs the help. So help yourself before you help somebody else. Right. We talk about the oxygen mask all the time. I'm not going to go back into that since I just talked about it. I think, I think literally yesterday, uh, let's go to tip number three, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Okay. This is an interesting one. I think this is probably going to be the most important one for me to pay attention to. Um, as you positively prepare for your loved one to show up as expected to the intervention to be sober and receptive to what you have to say and to choose drug rehab with a minimum of fuss and leave immediately for the treatment they so desperately need. Prepare yourself for the fact that one or more of these things won't happen. Prepare the, prepare for the worst, or excuse me, preparing for the worst means preparing for what could happen while hoping for what uh, you want to happen. For example, have lots of water and healthy snacks on hand for intervention attendees and your loved one uh, should everyone need to stay and wait for him to, or, or her to be clear-headed enough to understand what is happening. If you fear physical violence, make sure that everyone is safe and the room is clear of anything that can be used as a weapon. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, not exactly for, for my friend or any, anything like that, but uh, that is a really good point. Uh, I was just watching uh, an episode of Intervention where the guy kind of started getting a little violent. It, it was mostly like, you know how people have like stuff written down. Um, he ended up grabbing people's papers and just ripping them up. And it's like, if this piece of paper says that you shouldn't uh, that you have to cut out one of your family members then you know it's bs and all that kind of stuff right it, it's it's that idea and obviously it's you know the person wasn't as clear-headed as, as they could be but it's that idea of um and, and i think this is where um the idea of love becomes toxic like oh you should love me no matter what that's true especially if you're a family member but it doesn't mean that but because I love you, I can't, you know, I can't keep on encouraging you. Lo love does not mean encouraging bad behavior, right? Love means uh, exactly what it means. It means to love someone. But just because you love someone does not mean you have to help them. Like if you're, if, if somebody you love is a bank robber, it doesn't mean that you encourage that. It doesn't mean that you uh, should be a part of that or anything like that. Uh, you know, and, and that's the problem with this idea of unconditional love that I find a lot where it's like, you should love me no matter what. It's like, I do love you no matter what, but I'm not going to sit here and support you, uh, killing yourself or, or getting yourself into trouble or ruining your life. Uh, if I did love you, I wouldn't be supporting those behaviors. So anyway, let's keep going. Uh, and then in the little bullet points here, we got prepare for the idea that you may need to call the police if things spiral out of control. Prepare for ver verbal abuse, accusations for your loved ones. So that goes actually back into what we were talking about before, seeing a therapist beforehand so you, that your mental is very strong. Um, listen, man, I, I've dealt with people where they say some really, really messed up things when they're drunk. Um, and, and listen, I think at least in, from the intervention uh, that I saw or from the interventions that I saw on the A&E show, a lot of those people show up uh, intoxicated or, or under the influence of something. So uh the fact that they're going to be in the right mind is, is, is tough, right? It's, 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 it's a big ask and it's probably not going to happen. Now, I don't know if in this case uh, they require that person to be sober. I'm not, I'm not completely sure. Uh, so prepare for anger, anger and denial. Um, this goes back to exactly what we we're talking about before. Um, you know, if you are, if you are hurt or something like that, their denial is only going to make you more angry. Um, now, I know this means prepare for their anger, anger and denial, but I'm just saying um, 
if they if they are angry and they're in denial, that may spark you to get angry because, uh, you know, it kind of feeds off of each other. Uh, you know, we talk about overreactions a lot, uh, you know, so it's going to spark your overreaction and then it's going to be this cycle. And, you know, the person's not going to get any help and that's not going to help anyone. Uh, so, you know, dealing with that is uh, is really, really good. By the way, I love all these tips so far. I Like I said, I'm not the expert in interventions. I have just, uh, you know, seen that A&E show and got really into it. And I thought this would be great to kind of talk about since, uh, you know, I, I don't know how many of you guys are like the people in Al-Anon where the, maybe you have somebody in your life who is an addict. Uh, maybe you yourself is, are, are an addict or something like that. So these are all little uh, things to kind of keep in mind. Prepare for your loved one uh, to not, or sorry, prepare for your loved one not to choose drug rehab. Yeah, and that I think that happened once in the show. I, I didn't. I don't. I don't think that did actually happen. Hold on. I, I. I think it was going to happen in one, but I. I, I had to get off to to start this podcast. Um, I, I was starting it, and it seemed like it was going that way from where the comments on the YouTube section. Sometimes I look at the YouTube section just so I can prepare myself for the worst. Uh, you know, people just kind of spoiling it in the comment section. Uh, so yeah. Um, and that that's going to be tough. And I think you have to be be careful about this mentality of. You know, you you uh, uh, of just expecting that they're going to want to do that. You know, if you are in a vulnerable position and somebody said you have a problem and they said, you know, oh, you have to quit right now and all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Let's let's just be honest. Is it is it uh, the right thing to do? Absolutely. I mean, sometimes you need um, you need uh, somebody to face reality in order for them to know that there are real real world consequences for their real world actions. So, uh, but yeah, that's a very big possibility. Uh, and then the last one says, prepare to have a f uh, have to follow through with the consequences of refusing treatment that you decided upon in advance. So this looked like in the show, at least, um, you know, some somebody that has, ki has kids, uh, you know, somebody else is taking care of the kids and they say, listen, if you don't go to drug rehab, I have to cut you from their lives because they can't be, they can't, uh, you know, the, your son wants to emulate you, you know, your son, you know, your daughter wants to, wants to be like you, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you continuously being in their life like this is very detrimental to their, their, uh, growing up. So anyway, that, I definitely uh, agree with that. And th this goes back to what we were talking about with the police officer, right? Uh, make sure you can follow up on your threats. And I, I don't know if I want to use that word right here, but you know, it's a good metaphor for what we're talking about. Uh, remember to follow through with the consequences. So very best way to prepare to have is to have someone on your side who has seen it all and been through it before experienced intervention professionals will uh, already be prepared for these things and can help you through every step of the process. So absolutely. And once again, I'd like to maybe like maybe do a follow up podcast on this because obviously we're, we're going to run out of time before this, but um, on what to do if you don't have an interventionist. Right. Uh, so anyway, let's see here. Opt for a professional interventionist right after I mentioned it. This is tip number four. Professional interventionist can relieve you of an enormous amount of pressure and will allow you to focus on your personal contribution to the proceedings as opposed to managing everyone else and trying to maintain an even emotional keel uh, at the same time. From the initial planning phase to escorting your loved one to drug rehab, a professional interventionist can make sure that the essential components to the intervention are implemented and bring an objective, balancing view to the event itself. And then, uh, and yeah, absolutely. Um, the only, like I said, the only reason why I had some pushback or was talking about alternatives to that is not everyone's going to have those resources, which is unfortunate. And, uh, but you know, if you can find a third party person, somebody that's not as involved with this stuff, 
then yeah, you can you could probably use them, but they're you know don't don't expect it's almost like you know, hey, I want a uh, uh, what would it be? Oh, I want I want a steak from you know this five star restaurant, but the best I can afford is Golden Corral. Well, don't expect that steak from Golden Corral to taste just like that five star restaurant, right? It's it's going to be very very different, but you know it's still a steak to at the end of the day. Um, will it make you sick? Who knows? Uh, sorry, no, 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 no shade on uh, Golden Corral. I love Golden Corral. Anyway, tip number five: secure your drug rehab. Uh, before you begin your intervention, make sure that you have already done everything you need to do in terms of securing a bed for your loved one on the uh, one at the drug rehab of your choice. You'll need to do all your research ahead of time, choosing a facility, tour it if you like, set up an initial appointment and date for your loved one's arrival, and reserve their spot. As we said before, pack a small bag of personal items according to the guidelines of the drug rehab you have chosen and prepare to escort them to the treatment facility if, you loved, if your loved one agrees to go to drug rehab. You need to make sure that they can do so immediately. Uh, so yeah, one of the one of the things that you'll find uh, at least, you know, actually this is more on the psych ward, but I think some of the things overlap. So uh, typically they do not let you have blades. So razor blades, anything to shave yourself are usually not allowed now typically from uh, from what i remember they would provide those th uh, themselves they had they had special razors that were um razor blades but they did have to have somebody watch you shave um I, actually i don't know what it was for girls to be honest with you because i know men if you wanted to shave your beard or something like that you would have to have the door open they would have to watch you do it and all that stuff. I don't know about for women. I would imagine it would be the same process, obviously, with a, a female uh, orderly of some sort. But I, I don't, I don't actually know about that. That's a, that's an interesting one. I never really thought about. Um, but yeah, you, you typically would have to have them watch you uh, shave, and they would, they would provide you with a, um, you know, like I said, a razor blade. I, I think it was a special razor blade, and I can't remember uh what it what what the what the specialness of it was besides the fact that it was plastic which most uh uh most like you know bic or anything like that uh are so um yeah so that's just an example of something like uh, of something that you can't use it's it's typically things that they can't use for weapons for self-harm purposes and then um yeah i don't i don't know what else would fall into that maybe something where they could they could like concoct a uh, an alternative for their uh for for their drug of choice I, i'm not too sure smelling markers i i don't actually know actually now that i'm thinking about it i wonder i wonder what that might be um but yeah razor blades i know is a big one so yeah definitely an interesting an interesting read and i i you know watching these people oh man it really i, I really hate to to say this because it really does sound messed up but i'm so thankful for series like this I, I used to have a big problem with dr drew's celebrity rehab because i was like i don't know if if documenting these people's rehab is is good for their own rehab right like you know there if you have a camera in front of your face you, there's going to be a level of irritation that wasn't there before um you're gonna have judgment from the world granted this was a lot this was a little bit before social media became like a full like came in full swing so there wasn't as much twitter back then I think it may have just become a thing um from what i remember but yeah either way it was one of those things where I, I i was really torn on it because it was very it was very uh yes it was very educational but what about the people that were subject to it nowadays i'm starting to because i mean we're, we're kind of used to the, the the camera culture anyway so i'm not i don't have as much pushback and it is very educational and it does you know, at least for me, it does help a lot to remind myself that because the, the thing is you have to 
you have to think about it in my in my case, right? I kind of need a balance of, you know, drugs are cool for people that are not that, that do not have addictive personalities and don't have addiction, you know, running in their veins. Uh, so you know, I see a lot of you know moments like that where people are drinking wine with steak, it's steak dinner or something like that in, in a movie. But you know, it gets to the point where it's overwhelmingly positive in media, right? You know, oh, I'm just I'm gonna have a drink like this. I'm gonna do this, you know, all of a sudden, you know, somebody's tipsy at the bar and it's a funny part of the sitcom, something like that. Um, but I need I need the other side where it shows what happens when addicts take up the 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 drug of choice, right? Uh, I need that uh as well. Because I, I need to remember that 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 uh you know going back to alcohol is not going to be the sitcom or the the romance uh you know, choice. It's going to take me back to the intervention or the, uh, the, the the negative choice, and so I need this kind of balance between the two, uh, which we don't typically get, right? We don't typically get it unless it is uh, a movie specifically about that or anything like that. Typically, the 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 perceived notion of alcohol is that it's it's a good time. You know, everybody everybody needs to experience it at one point, which. Um, I guess to a certain degree, I would kind of agree with just because the it, it is a social, it is a, a culturally, it's pretty much in every single culture, right? Every single culture kind of has alcohol uh, at its forefront. But, you know, at the same time, does everybody need to try it? Mm, maybe not. Maybe, you know, I, I kind of take back what I said right there. I, I was just saying, like, I, I don't completely disagree with the statement. Like, you're probably going to, ha you know, have some uh direct exposure to alcohol at some point in your life and that's just that's okay uh but yeah like i said I, I i need that kind of balance in my mind i need i need to see both sides or else i'm going to i'm just going to go to uh you know alcohol is bad let's ban it uh which never works by the way <laughs> it just doesn't um or hey it's just for parties it's cool it's like this no i need kind of a balanced view of things and that's why i'm really thankful for shows like you know dr Drew's celebrity rehab or um the intervention show that i'm watching right now it, it just um it provides that balance to remind myself i can't go back to this life and it sucks that i have to use these people's uh stories and you know i really do i really am thankful that they allow themselves to be filmed like this because it is a vulnerable position. It, it isn't, it isn't fun to, to, I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, I remember my friend, um, you know, he actually videotaped me one time when I was like super drunk after I had, uh, I had, uh, failed my driving test. And I was thinking I was probably 18 at the time. I think this is right after I want to say this was, yeah, I'm pretty sure this was right after the, uh, the hospital, but I could, yeah, I think it was right after, after the hospital. Cause I was on, I was on, um, uh, antidepressants. So that didn't help the, the situation. But anyway, um, you know, I remember he actually videotaped me and I didn't remember any of it, uh, after I drank a whole bottle of brandy and it was really humiliating. And I was just thinking to myself, I want, I think that might've been what made me not like Dr. Drew's or celebrity rehab or like all these other shows where it showed people like this, but sometimes you need that, that kind of kick in the butt, man. You kind of need that, like that, that, that look and, you know, looking at, you know, I don't think a lot of people will, will, will uh, ever understand that feeling of looking at a recording of yourself and not remembering anything about it. And it's almost like looking at somebody else. Like it, it just looked like somebody else, you know? 
Um, and it's, it's, it's a sobering, well, I guess pun intended. It's a sobering feeling to, to look at yourself and it, uh, you know, in a video and just be like, wow, this is not what I want to be, you know? Now, granted, it took me many years later, uh, about seven or, uh, seven, eight, seven or eight. Oh, wow. Maybe it might've been nine, nine years to really like, you know, dial that back in. But, uh, you know, it's better late than never, man, better late than never. And, you know, hopefully any of you guys out there dealing with addiction, uh, you guys know that as well, or, you know, anybody that, you know, is dealing with addiction, know that it's never too late, uh, to take your life back. And, you know, I know that's a very cliche thing, but you know, I, you you see some people in this who are in their forties, fifties, thirties, uh, where they get an intervention and you know, that, that's, uh, that's a beautiful thing. Even if it, they only have 10 more years to live, uh, that's 10 more years of clarity, 10 more years of figuring out who you are. And that's never, there's never, it's never too late to figure out who you are, man. The people don't, don't even figure that out. You know, sometimes before they, sometimes it takes them all the way till their deathbed to figure out who they are. And that's fine. I think, uh, I think everybody's journey is unique and different and hopefully your, uh, your journey is going well in, uh, whatever mental health journey you're going through. Anyway, guys, like I said, I will have a link to that article. I guess we didn't get to the addiction subreddit since uh, I just wanted to talk about <laughs> interventions. Um, but I will have a link to that article if you guys want to check it out. Uh, there are some more resources on there. I don't know where they're based out of. So, um, you know, maybe if you just Google it yourself, you can find some more uh, articles. But remember, you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.